0: It's time for the show, but wouldn't you know, at 570 pod Wad one You can say hi, let your feelings fly, then say goodbye, cause you're done. Add us on Twitter, while you're on the shitter, we won't be bitter, at y'all heard pod. There's iTunes too, you can leave a review, and say we're not poo we'd appreciate the nod. Thanks, bye! Y'all heard?
1: Hey, Hey everybody! Everybody. This is Y'all Heard.
0: A podcast where where Pete (laughs) lost his tab.
1: A podcast where me, Marissa Phillips,
0: and me, Pete Phillips, are two people who generally don't really uh, love talking to other people. So we do so with each other about things that we've learned, while other people—that's you, listener—listen, which is weirdly perfectly fine to us, and much easier than us talking to you directly, like if you were here with us.
1: I'm friends enough with Pete that I can admit I zoned out in the middle.
0: It was a lot of the same words over and over again, but in different what? order.
1: In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know.
0: Hey, Marissa, tell me something fun you did this week.
1: Oh, I went to a cemetery tour at night. I went into a historical cemetery and we got a really bad tour. Did I tell you about
0: this? Was H. H. Holmes there?
1: I had a fangirl scream because they mentioned H.H. H. Holmes on the tour. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and I was wearing my last podcast on the left shirt as that happened. Mm. I was so excited. It was interesting. It's very layered. There was a tombstone... That was modeled to emulate a prison. <laughs> like the tombstone had someone bursting out of a prison door, and it was modeled after the prison that H.H. H. Holmes was in. It had nothing to do with H.H. H. Holmes. Yeah. That was just a piece That's of a trivia.
0: Thing to throw in there.
1: <laughs> oh, this awesome part. The lady. I had so much fun because I love cemeteries. I just went, oh my God. Oh, it was so cool. I'm sorry. I'm like, so I guess some... there was some partnership with like one of the universities. I don't know why for them to light up some of the tombstones (laughs) and some of the tombstones that had like lights emanating on them and music. So there was this one mausoleum that just would have a red light emanating out of it another humongous like tombstone would be lit up and it would have like the do 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 and then another one had this like weird like dynamic slightly techno music these are people's graves <laughs> it's amazing it's like my dream so guys i had my dream come true and afterwards they served cocktails that helps so I couldn't drink them. I was sick. But I like the idea of it. they served a spider cider. That was a f- fun thing. I went to a haunted house that I was excited about, but it wasn't scary at all. And I kept critiquing the haunted house while inside of the haunted house. And I don't think the yeah. person with me appreciated that.
0: It does help you cope with the fear.
1: No, it wasn't scary at all. I was like, that wasn't even scary. Come on, guys. Try harder. Okay, how about you?
0: That's, that's not nice, Marissa. That's like being at a singing competition and being like sing better
1: (laughs) i said it to him not to the people
0: all right marissa and i used to do cemetery tours but they were private self-run cemetery cemetery tours which just was was us walking around cemeteries (laughs) finding our favorite headstones
1: let's do that for christmas there you go (laughs) (laughs) no better way uh,
0: to share the holidays with your friends and family than walking around cemeteries I'll say that this week, I finally took responsibility and <laughs> regained control of my Sandwich Portraits website. Saw and, it. And I made six new e-cards, and I put in my calendar order for 2019. I sure hope I picked 2019. And, uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Not going to lie. Don't know what your last post was. Pete's post was like, this year's Sandwich Day is going to be steamy. <laughs> Weather-wise or in a relationship? Now that I say it, I guess it makes sense. Of but course, it, took it makes me sense. A while.
0: <laughs> it's not like my other one, which I'll probably post later in the week, which says, "You make my heart overflow," much like this sandwich is overflowing with meatballs.
1: <laughs> See, that makes more sense. No, you know <laughs> why it threw me off? Because weather it can be foggy. What's weather steamy?
0: Hot. When it's hot, people are like, hot. "Oh, it's steamy out here."
1: Who says that? Stuff? I do
0: every day. Every <laughs> single day, I go outside. I go. God it's so steamy out You're here. You're
1: disgusting. <laughs> anyway yes. Icebreaker Ice
0: <laughs> Is that something you intend to be in the episode? Or is that I a transition know. that you put in to help me while editing? <laughs> Who
1: knows? Who knows? Today, me and all my co workers are talking about our non negotiable thing that we'd have in our own weddings. Tell me, Pete What is a non-negotiable thing, or in other words, something you would really want if you were going to be married? Not like undying love. I mean, like something in the wedding.
0: I think I'd be uncomfortable with undying love. (laughs) I wouldn't. (laughs) I would have to say, um, and I hope this one doesn't go against your rules, but I would say control over the playlist.
1: Yeah, that's valid. Yeah,
0: Because... I feel like there's too many too many boring-ass songs, and I don't care if everybody else is happy to hear a song that they hear at every wedding, and they're like, I love this song, and they play it at every wedding. I would be like, I don't give a shit. It's my wedding, so shut up, sit down, and g- listen to the g- music that I'm playing.
1: <laughs> but to give people... And Pete is a DJ, so he'd be better than most. Not like a DJ at EDM <laughs> parties. Like, he used to be a radio DJ. I
0: listen to enough music that I think I could find a wedding's worth of good songs.
1: So to give
0: people an example, what's one song you would want in your wedding? Uh, blah, blah, blah. This one might be at other people's weddings, though. See, this is where this is where I'm at. I want control of the playlist, but I'm not necessarily going to only play things that wouldn't be played at other people's weddings.
1: I didn't say it needs I'm to be I'm a big ahead. fan. Just give me one acceptable
0: I know, thing. I know, I know. I wasn't arguing with you. <laughs>
1: I was okay. arguing with
0: myself. Ooh, um,
1: okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like,
0: that's up, weird. No, Pete, I can talk. No, you can't. So, um... I would probably at least have God Only Knows. But I don't know if it would be by the Beach Boys because I know one by...
1: I would just think of Big Love the whole time.
0: Yes, that's the one. The one by uh, one of the Hayden sisters who sings the theme song to Big Love.
1: So it's like you're coming out as a polygamist.
0: Yeah, right there in that wedding.
1: Cool. That should be and your then, wedding And like, then the bride dance, walks though. down
0: and then once she's at the front, <laughs> the music starts again. Here comes the bride, and people are like, "What the hell's going on?" She's already up there, and then another bride shows up. I like that. And then another, it's just yeah, sister
1: wives. <laughs> cool.
0: How about you, Marissa?
1: I mean, first of all, I just want to say, though this is not a no. I I I have a few non-negotiable things. I'll first say my secondary one: the playlist has to be like, at the very least, like one-third 90s techno. That's not negotiable. Like, what is love? Rhythm is a dancer. Rhythm of the night. Say
0: 90s dance just to play it safe. Just in case you're talking to a DJ.
1: You're right. Yeah, I don't want, like, boop, 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 boop. Like, I want singing. Isn't that house music? What is that music? Why are you laughing? Boop, 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 boop.
0: <laughs> Guys, I don't want to hear that kind of, like, EDM.
1: <laughs> boop, boop, boop. boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> what house music
0: well that's the thing i feel like techno is an umbrella for like house and then recently yeah they created edm to get all like the glitch and all that sort of stuff and what was that other one that people hated for a while with when you drop the beat and all that sort of shit um
1: dubstep
0: yeah yeah i would say edm i think before they came up with the term edm techno equaled edm so okay that's why so, I, I'm a little nervous about you getting some, like, underground, yeah. cool-ass British music if you said 90s techno. Which, by the way, you're just going to sit down, talk with a DJ, give them a few keywords, and then never talk to them again <laughs> until the day of yeah. your wedding.
1: <laughs> I'll need you when I'm making my playlist. But my non-negotiable thing is kind of linked to 90s, quote-unquote, <laughs> techno. If you... Watch the movie Romeo and Juliet.
0: Don't worry. Leonardo- we have what? heard this before on the podcast.
1: Oh, have we? Well, hopefully, whoever One I'm going to marry. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, this is their second. My podcast. This is their second opportunity to make note of this. So, yeah, yeah. Come on.
1: So, if you've ever watched Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes, that was like, I don't know, early 2000s or something or late 90s. When Claire Danes goes down the aisle, there's this like. Little boy who sings this song called "Everybody's Free and he has like a choir behind him and it's actually a remake of a 90 s techno song free to feel good. Yeah. Free to feel good. In like a melodic like church choir version, I need to walk down the aisle to that non-negotiable mm-hmm. so that's mine oh my boss today he crept up behind me when I was not working and telling everyone that and he goes what what are you talking about and I was like oh my non-negotiable wedding song he's like what song is it I was like it's like a version of a techno song he's like what techno song and I was like everybody's free and he was like oh yeah I know that song I was like I don't know if you do <laughs> and he was like "Uh, yeah I do and I was like do you? <laughs> and he was just like, uh, excuse me? Are you trying to say I'm too old? And I was why
0: like, n- why don't you sing it for me, sir? Well,
1: yeah, I was like, I,
0: wh- I mean, there's not a lot of words to it, so you could definitely nail this.
1: <laughs> and he was like, no, what are you trying to say? I'm not cool enough. He goes, who sings that? And then I'm like, Rosala. He's like, oh yeah,
0: that's
1: before. <laughs> that was, that was the last prime of one of the last ones. Be- that was like when nineties music was in its, in its prime. And then it all went downhill from there. Everybody's free was one of the last holdouts. Like what?
0: One of the last holdouts.
1: I don't think it's a holdout. You know how I like to put these nope, the stories. No, he definitely did now That was definitely me. So that's that. I'm sorry guys. It was long. Everybody. I didn't know what to talk about and free! then I was like He mentioned something. I don't know. Oh, I remember how I got to this. The moon <laughs> phases. Yes. I'm gonna plug that at the end of this podcast. All right. Or maybe I shouldn't. I don't even know.
0: Well, you have anyway. the rest of the uh, episode to figure that out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so guys, Mercury and retrograde. Pete, what do you think about Mercury and retrograde?
0: Uh, I think it's kind of like one of those things where you're like, if you have a period of your life that's not going well, and you Google is Mercury in retrograde, and it says <laughs> yes, you go like, <laughs> of course. Like, it's kind of just like a nice big excuse, have things suck in your life that, that is beyond your control. And so the way that I see it is one of those things where you, you're you like, no, things don't suck in my life because of anything that I'm doing. It's clearly because something else is happening. And like, I feel like if you Google is Mercury in retrograde and it's like, no, then you're like, um, is it a full moon out? Like you just keep <laughs> searching for things yeah. that might explain why your life is hectic or crazy at this point in time.
1: Valid perspectives opinion i meant to say opinion both um, both work i guess uh, guys why well, am i so tired okay so in case you're not this familiar with the
0: it or... sleepy time podcast
1: <laughs> in case no we'd have to whistle
0: we're gonna do that one episode listeners and we're gonna do a marathon episode and we're gonna start at 10 o'clock at night and see which one of us falls asleep first i'm
1: sounds so drunk the whole time <laughs> So in case you're not familiar or you've heard of it but don't know what it is, three or four times a year, the planet Mercury is said to go into retrograde. And what they say is that Mercury moves in an opposite direction of the planet Earth. Uh, Planets move from east to west around the sun, and when Mercury turns to move from west to east instead, that is when Mercury is in retrograde. But interesting enough, this backward movement is actually an illusion doesn't even mean anything to me, because I never even knew what it meant anyway, so I was like, I don't care how anything goes around the sun. I was like, really? I don't even know which way it went around the sun to begin with. Anyway, so yeah, so the thought that Mercury in retrograde is Mercury going in the opposite way is, is fake. It's an illusion. Similar to like when you're on the highway and you're moving faster than, let's say, a train that's alongside you, and since it's going slower, it kind of looks like it's going backwards. That's the thing that's happening when Mercury... Is in retrograde it's going slower than the earth so it kind of looks like it's going the opposite way whether it is an illusion or not a lot of astrologers believe that during this time mercury being in retrograde affects life on a lot of levels it affects the earth itself and it specifically affects the realm of communication and technology in astrology mercury governs communication travel and So for this reason, Mercury being in retrograde is blamed for a lot of things from miscommunications to technology not working to like botched business deals, even like your cell phone breaking. The
0: technology one, I don't, I never got that part.
1: I never even knew that either. I thought it was mostly relationships and communication.
0: Because it feels like Mercury in retrograde has been a long, or has been in existence for quite a long time.
1: Yeah, I would say so. Technology isn't just like digital stuff, so yeah, why not? um fyi if you want to look back at your year and be like oh i wonder when it was in retrograde um mercury was in retrograde from march 23rd to april 15th july 26th through august 19th and november 17th through december 6th that didn't come yet i do realize that so think back and be like were things crazy
0: or are things going to get crazy
1: Crazy stuff happened to me at the end of July and early August. Very crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, I can blame of that on course, retrograde.
0: We may well have tainted the experiment by telling you listener to look out for crazy things happening soon. So undoubtedly things will be crazy coming up because they yeah. told you that they will be. <laughs> Oopsie. No, no. They can deal with it.
1: But okay, remember everyone, astronomer astrologer. Astronomy is like science. Astrology is Whatever. The Zodiac. Horoscopes. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Zodiac. So I told you, astrologers think, you know, that it definitely has an effect on the Earth. But astronomers, for example, one says, like, we don't have any known physical mechanism that would cause things like power outages or personality and changes in people just because Mercury is, quote, unquote, in retrograde. So astronomers don't really buy it. So where did Mercury 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 in retrograde come from? Mercury retrograde was being written about in astrology circles as far back as the mid 18th century. Okay, so I guess not. Right. Not whoever you mentioned. Um, The event was noted in British agricultural almanacs at the time, which were those things that farmers used to read in order to like plan their planting schedules for the year.
0: Which were all based on magic, anyway.
1: I mean, yeah. So. So it's all nonsense.
0: So Marissa's entire topic today is bullshit.
1: (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Uh, During the spiritualism craze in the Victorian era, interest in astrology really boomed. And uh, a lot of people started believing around that time that the stars affected the Earth in a variety of ways. Uh, In the late 19th century, a lot of publications, um, for example, the Astrologers Magazine and Science of the Stars Connected Mercury being in retrograde with like heavy rainfalls and like bad things that were happening, like weather-wise and in the Earth. And from then on, it started being characterized as like an an ill omen. So as time progressed, uh, spiritualist hobbies like seances and crystal gazing gradually faded. Like that's not that popular these days. Uh, but astrology.
0: Excuse me, I went to a crystal class before.
1: Yeah, you didn't crystal gaze. You didn't look into a crystal ball. Okay, you're right. Yeah. Uh, but astrology actually kept growing in popularity. As you see today, you can get your horoscope basically anywhere. Uh, and by the 1970s, horoscopes were a newspaper mainstay. And Mercury and Retrograde became... I'm going to have a speech impediment. Yeah, really I,
0: I would just skip it for the rest of the episode because and I'll do it PMR too. Mar
1: was a recurring player. Because the Roman god Mercury was said to govern travel, commerce, financial wealth, and communication in many astrological circles, Mercury, the planet, became linked to those matters as well. Mm -hmm. So even though there's hysteria about Mercury being in retrograde, there's no scientific evidence that there's anything to believe in. I mean, some explanations are that the gravitational pull from Mercury influences the water in our bodies the same way that the moon controls the tides. But science basically disproves that in it's nonsense. However. However. That being said, I'm a woman that understands science but still believes in everything. So even though I just read that it's nonsense, will I still believe that Mercury in retrograde means something? (laughs) Probably. So guys, if you like me... Still want to believe in it? Let me give you some some things to pay attention to. So this is the flip side of what I just said. Yes. Mercury in retrograde is one of the few things that affects everyone in a fairly uniform way, and its effects are always obvious. Once you begin to pay attention to how events in your life change during these retrograde phases, you will see how important it is to take note. Keeping track of Mercury retrograde periods can allow you to increase your productivity and avoid at least some of the frustration they can bring about. Let's look closely at Mercury retrograde and what it means to you. I got the next part from an astrology website, obviously. So as I've said before, in astrology, Mercury rules communication, travel, technology. So all of those areas will potentially go haywire for about three weeks during those periods. To top it all off, Mercury being in retrograde also has what's called a shadow period. And by that it means you may feel the retrograde a couple of weeks before and a couple of weeks after it happens. So the way to kind of protect yourself, do not start anything new when it's in retrograde.
0: This is how I live my life.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're I'm going constantly
0: to do, in retrograde.
1: <laughs> if you're going to sign any contracts, make sure you review them carefully. Generally, you should focus on renewing your commitments instead of making new ones. And FYI, Mercury being in retrograde can crash your electronic equipment. Back up your computer, your calendar, and your cell phone during this time. Um, You should expect delays in traveling. Um, And get in touch with old friends. And don't be surprised if people from your past track you down during that time. Uh, You might hear from those random ex-boyfriends and childhood classmates during retrograde. Hmm, On the flip side, if you were born during a Mercury retrograde...
0: Yeah, that's what I was a little worried about.
1: You may actually become sharper, clearer, and more productive during this time.
0: Like a superhero.
1: That said, you will not be immune to Mercury's global impact, but you could also thrive in areas where others are flailing. So you might even become more psychic or dialed in during Mercury's non-existent backspin that I put in the non-existent, but yeah. (laughs) So do with that what you will, everybody. Either embrace it or deny it, you do you.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's a bit of a spiritual angle or something to it where you you can believe it if you want, even though science says it's not true. Same could be said about God.
1: True, true. <laughs> uh, I believe in God more than I believe in. No, I mean yes, I believe in God more than I believe in Mercury in retrograde. But I believe in Mercury in retrograde every so often, like when I get bored.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, sometimes you read. Like this is the way that horoscopes work for me. I read them like partway through a day, and I go, "Oh yeah, that's definitely me today." Yeah. I. Yeah. But like. Sure. I can take the experience that I had for the day and view it through the lens of the horoscope, but if I started that day that way, would it instead, you know, make me F- behave a certain way? Yeah. Yes. When's that when's that uh upcoming period of Mercury being in retrograde?
1: November 17th to December 6th.
0: Okay. That's out. All right.
1: Why? What does that mean that's out?
0: I'm trying to come up with a transition again, Mercury in retrograde. Oh, here we go just as Mercury in retrograde might affect communication. I'm here to talk to you today about something else related to communication. And that is an article that the BBC posted in mid-October, which is called, How the Finnish Survive Without Small Talk. And when they say Finnish, they mean Finnish people, people from Finland, just so we're clear. I was immediately hooked, uh, (laughs) based on the headline.
1: Yeah, when you told me the idea, I was very excited.
0: Uh, I was further hooked when the blurb at the beginning said, their desire for avoidance is a predisposition so common that it's become hard-baked into Finnish culture. And I thought to myself, am I we Finnish? We there. <laughs> it turns out that I am not Finnish, as far as I know, but I won't ever do one of those mail-order DNA things because Katie Natopoulos, who's a writer for BuzzFeed, and you should follow her on Twitter because she's very interesting, and she doesn't post things a lot, but when she does, they're very interesting. She just posted an extensive feature about how Outright invasive, all those DNA companies are, and how much they're paying municipalities for information that should be oh That's uncomfortable. So it's really underhanded, and I don't like it. But anyway, this particular article by the BBC begins with a personal slant, kind of like Marissa usually starts her topics, right? Yeah. About how somebody made a friend in Finland when she was traveling, and a year later, she was this person's bridesmaid at the person's wedding. And she wondered to herself how it happened so fast. And the Finnish friend said to her, the Finnish don't believe in talking bullshit. Essentially, all the talking that they did was so direct and substantive that they forged a stronger bond oh, through honesty. Oh,
1: so great. I just, like, got a boner.
0: Another account had someone walk into a coffee shop, and the Finnish employee said, what do you want? And the person remembering the story was flabbergasted about how they weren't welcomed in a polite or phony way.
1: But did they say it nasty? Because you said it like they said it nasty.
0: Well, <laughs> Well, it's just a direct sentence. What do you want?
1: Okay.
0: You walk into the coffee shop and they're like, what, do you, what would you like? The person, though, who's recounting the story is actually Finnish, too. But they worked for a company that had an office in America, and the person was in America for so long that she actually got used to the niceties of all the empty talk that we have in America. And what I found most interesting about this is that a lot of people seem to think that Finnish people are rude. And a culture that comes across as rude just because they're direct, it it just you know, doesn't seem right to me. In fact, Marissa, if I remember correctly, you enjoyed talking to people in other countries who didn't understand the language that you speak as well because they had to be more direct because they didn't know all the words to to talk bullshit.
1: (laughs) The greatest thing in my life, I was going to marry someone who didn't speak that much English because we just said things with points, and that was that. Although it wasn't a joke. I would have
0: married him. <laughs> if you think about how, you know, I'll I'll just speak from my experience. Like, if I'm unhappy with something, I don't come out and go, I'm unhappy with this situation. I, like, dance around things a lot. I try to find nice ways to talk, to say something. He means literally. Dance
1: straight dance about it. <laughs> yeah,
0: man, all the time. This is... <laughs> they
1: can't that, see you. That
0: was for you, Marissa. Thank um, you, I
1: appreciated that. <laughs>
0: There is an English instructor in Finland quoted in the BBC piece explaining how she had to conduct in-class exercises where they had to brainstorm safe topics for small talk if students found themselves around Americans, and British people as well, uh, and needing to participate in small talk. She said that most of the students found it very difficult, and damn it, isn't it very difficult sometimes to participate in small talk?
1: Sometimes? You mean all the time. You mean life is hard.
0: Related to this, I say hi, how are you to people a lot, and I genuinely want to know how people are. People just throw me fake answers back. On the flip side, people ask me, hey Pete, how are you? And I tell them how I am, and they don't seem happy with the response. And so, yeah, I'm wondering, maybe I, maybe I do belong in Finland in, in some way, shape, or form, and maybe I'll get to travel there by the time I'm dead. There's also an interview-based study that tackled this cultural pro- proclivity. The name of the study is called It's Just Different, colon, Emotions and Observations About Finnish and English by someone named Elizabeth Peterson. They quote a 29-year-old woman, a Finnish native speaker. She says, in the States, they are always friendly, but I don't know if they mean it. If they say, please come and visit, blah, 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 they would be really surprised if I would come after three months.
1: Very true very true nobody
0: means this as a Finn, i would take it that if they came and said oh come that they would mean it so again she's like if you say come and visit anytime she expects that whenever she comes it's not going to be perceived as rude because you literally said come and see me anytime related to this i got to see an old friend lisa rizzo this uh past weekend and i talked to her about this very thing because she's always like oh i wish you would come and visit oh i wish you would come and visit and i said i really do want to visit except every time i want to visit it's always like last minute and i don't want to be rude and she's like you can literally, she and her wife, she was like, you can literally come anytime. And if we're not home, just text us. We'll tell you where the key is and you can go in and just chill out until we come home. And if we're away for the weekend, you could just chill out by yourself. <laughs> the conversation has to actually be that explicit uh, in America. Whereas if she were to tell me that and we were in Finland, I would understand it right from the start. Yeah, yeah. A 51-year-old woman says, I think that in Finnish, we go straight to the point. In English, you have all these words that might make it softer, but they don't mean anything. But our culture is maybe such that we don't have such little chat. But it depends on the way that you were raised, what sort of family you came from, and what sort of manners you have. A 26-year-old man said that when he visited the grocery store in the United States, he was surprised when a woman he had accidentally bumped with his shopping cart turned to him and said, Don't you know how to say, excuse me? In Helsinki, he said, neither he nor the person he bumped into would have even acknowledged the incident.
1: I I would say I wouldn't like to be in a place where people didn't apologize profusely.
0: But actually, he and another person called this out as an incident that doesn't matter. That basically, you would be a psychopath to think that I'm intentionally bumping my cart into you. Valid. And so recognize it as a mistake, and we don't even have to acknowledge that it happened because we both know that it's a mistake.
1: But you can look at it a different way and be like, you're so self-absorbed that you don't even care if you, like, hurt someone with your heart or, like, bump into them. Like, you should be more aware of, like, people's well-being.
0: Right. There's a whole section of this study dedicated to the word please and how unnecessary it seems to be based on the perceptions of the Finnish people that were interviewed. Uh, it surfaces in this study that the Finnish word for please, ketos, is formal. It's, it's a formal and genuine plea for something not the way that we use it in english we've been taught that please is polite and everyone should be polite thus we should all say please all the time so we meet a finn who says give me the salt we're conditioned to think that they're rude because they didn't say please give me the salt
1: Oh, that's very interesting
0: and so but they don't see it as you know it's not like i'm dying and the only thing that will save me is salt please give me the salt (laughs) it's pass the salt you know pass the salt please or something like that In fact, Finland.fi, in case you want to check it out, the official website of Finland, uh, says that if you're a foreigner in Finland, there are some things that you should know, as foreigners often note, Finns are curiously silent, Finns are curiously silent in the metro, the bus, or the tram. However, a visitor clutching a map will have no trouble in getting advice on a street corner or in any other public place, because, as they say, the hospitality of Finns easily overrides their customary reserve. I, this was my favorite okay. part. A Finn does not grow nervous when there are breaks in the conversation. Silence is regarded as a part of communication. Ah, oh, it that's just nice. hit me in the heart.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's nice. So that's
0: why okay. all of this? The BBC uh, piece quotes an, a writer named Carolina Corhonen. I'm going to go with that. She's the author of a series called Finnish Nightmares, uh, and she says that it has to do with respect. Why risk making someone else feel uncomfortable? Oh my God, Marissa, it's like she's talking to both of us. I know. I like to think that Finnish people value personal space. If you don't know another person, you don't want to bother them. That might be, you know, they might be having their own time or they might not want a stranger to come up and bother them. If you see, though, that they're open and you're open too, then you can have something like a conversation. But most of the time, people are polite and they keep their distance from one another.
1: I wish I lived in that kind of world.
0: (laughs) Some people believe it's because citizens of Finland may speak one of three languages, the native Sami, Finnish, or Swedish. Oh. And so, many would rather not speak at all than run the risk of being misunderstood by the person that they're talking to. Mm Mm-hmm. That's nice. That's a lot nicer than American people who are like, get out of the country. If you're going to speak Spanish, You stupid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, that's yeah. a lot nicer. What's more interesting to me is we've sort of already talked about this. But um, this selection when among their own silence functions as an extension of comfortable conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I have cherished this in people that I know and love and that have allowed silence for me. I could, when Marissa and I took a uh, much longer than we ever imagined trip to Lisa Rizzo's wedding, there were parts of it where we were silent and we weren't pissed off at each other and we weren't yeah. sad. I mean, at, at times we were hungry and had to pee, but like aside from that, we were perfectly fine. And I remember when I was a little kid, I lived in South Jersey and my mom would have to drive me to Philadelphia to the hospital because I was sick all the time. And whenever we would make that trip, I wouldn't talk a lot. And I remember sometimes she was bothered by the fact that I wouldn't talk. But it was because she was driving and she just kind of wanted some conversation to stay awake and things like that. But as time goes on, I think she sort of recognized that I was just more on the quiet side. And she didn't, like, press me for conversation or anything like that. Basically... Everybody that I love lets me be quiet when I want to be quiet. And it's much better than just talking out of your ass and saying something that you're going to regret, which I also do in social situations (laughs) when I get really nervous.
1: (laughs) I love my daddy very much, though he does say that it's literally the job of the front passenger to talk to the person driving. It is their job. Some people
0: see that as as part of the job of Navigator. Being in the space of silence demonstrates a lot of comfort and trust. Instead of having to explain how or why you're feeling all the time, like I did in that one relationship, Marissa, you know what I'm talking about.
1: (laughs) I think if anyone listens to us enough, they should know too.
0: The end of Why Finland is amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I like it. I can dig it. I relate to that a lot. I hate everything (laughs) and talking.
0: I'll I'll say this too. I don't know a lot of people where I live right now. And sometimes when I exchange hellos with somebody, I go, hey, this is a person who wants to be friends with me. But they they might not too. They might just be being polite too. I'll say too, I say hello to people and I'm polite to people that I don't necessarily want to be friends with either. But again, I feel like I'm doing my due diligence. I do like when I can walk down the street and smile at people and they smile back at me. It makes the world feel like a happier place. But again, I don't need to have a conversation with you or anything like that. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like just maybe in America here we have been so conditioned to people, you know, the customer's always right and everything like that that if you walk into a place and somebody's not kissing your ass just because you're a customer, you feel like, Oh, oh this place is rude, you know, something like that. But
1: Yeah, we have been trained enough that even I like feel like, What? Bitch?
0: Of course, too. Marissa has given someone hungry an apple, and they have become obsessed with her. Yeah. <laughs> so... uh,
1: I'm sorry. Do you, By obsessed, do you mean they proposed to me? <laughs> I think that's what you mean.
0: Well, hey, I mean, it's close enough, right? <laughs> and even after you rejected, they still emailed you once in a while.
1: To ask for a beat of my sweat. Anyway. It's
0: time for
1: plus.
0: It's time for. What do you want to plug this week? <laughs> I'm
1: not going to plug what I was
0: going to plug. Um,
1: oh! The Haunting of Hill House is the perfect Halloween show, but it'll be after Halloween when we do this, but live your Halloween twice and watch The Haunting of Hill House.
0: One of my favorite parts of November is all the Halloween movies are tied up now being on TV, and so when November starts, you'll probably see a bunch of those uh, Halloween-esque slash horror movies end up back on the streaming services so you might be able to uh to to catch up on some of those but here's the thing that i've been missing this year for the holidays i missed halloween resurrection which is the halloween movie that had busta rhymes in it and it was based on a reality show no one ever plays that movie and it makes me so sad they'll play everything else even h2o with ll cool j but nobody will ever play the busta rhymes one
1: that existed
0: yes I wanted to plug everybody voting because we need to be more like Finland.
1: Look at you. <laughs> no, In that Finland... wasn't an insult. See, that sounded like what?
0: In Finland, you would spend 52% less on healthcare, for example. And so get out and vote for somebody who's better. Uh, <laughs> and while it may be a misrepresentation of the truth that you would spend 52% less money on healthcare, you should still, again, do some research and then vote with your brains on Tuesday. And if you don't have brains, just just don't vote, just stay home. There's too many people without brains that are voting.
1: Or call us, leave your phone number, I'll call you back, tell you to vote for and then you vote. <laughs> but i do it for you, psycho.
0: 570 podwad one uh, is our phone number. We di- I did, personally, receive an email from Mike Venus uh, about an upcoming topic. He wanted me to cover the tab shortage. But I have never had TAB before in my life, and so I want to actually drink TAB that before I cover exists? it. That
1: still exists?
0: Yeah, except maybe it doesn't anymore. Hmm. So I wanted to actually try some before I covered it as a story. If you talk to, about to that, I guess I got to talk about McRib. I'm sorry, I talked about
1: Rib.
0: <laughs> we are also available at Y'all Heard Pod on Twitter. You can leave us an iTunes review. We are still at eight. So thank you to those eight people. Tell your friends all that fun business. Dang. Yeah. Bye! hi.